Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. I'm going to start this series today. Um, just play a little bit, Jackie, on this, on this part, because I love the gospel. I know y'all getting ready to help. Thank you. Um, I, love, I love the gospel of John, and I love the scriptures that this... I love the scriptures that this series is taken out of, and it's uh, John's gospel, the, the first chapter, but um, I just want you to just to play a little bit under that because it, it sounds, it's, it's so hymn-like and melodic, and it has more, it's more than just words on a page. You got to hear it. You got to feel it. You got to get it, all right? It goes like this. Speaking about Jesus, this is John chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 13 is what I'm going to read. In him was life, and that life was the light of all of mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was was his own, but his own did not receive him yet to all who did receive him to those who believed in his name he gave the right the power to become the children of God children who were born not of natural descent nor of human decision nor of a husband's will but born of God how many believers are in the house today how many are glad that you have the power you have the power you have the power to be a child of God. Before you sit down, will you just take one moment, find two or three people and tell them Jesus really is the true light. For real. For real this time. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. You may be seated, everyone. I think I told you the other week that... Um, that certain things that you should count as a gift from God, um, things like faith. If you have faith, and, and I know that God has dealt unto every person the measure of faith, but if you are a person of true, sincere faith, and you know that that means that faith is central to your life, that you don't make all of your decisions based on only how you can think. You think your way through things, but... You don't make all of your decisions only based on what is quantifiable. You, um, you don't make all of your decisions based simply on how you feel about emotion. Because your emotions are the most unstable part of you. The person beside of you wanted me to tell you that. And they were afraid to tell you, so they asked me if I would just tell you that your emotions are the most unstable part of you. Amen. But if you are a person of faith, then 
faith is central to your life, that I make some decisions by faith that my mind has not wrapped itself around yet. That is to say, I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly how or when God is going to do it, but I am convinced that he will. Um, I make decisions uh, based on faith sometimes that are counterintuitive to my emotion. My emotion would like me to go one direction, but my faith keeps pulling me into another direction. And if you are a person of faith, you should count that as a gift. You should count that as a gift. And I say that because when I say that everyone doesn't have it, it doesn't mean that they don't have faith, but they don't have that yet. If they hang out with you long enough, they should get a little bit more of that. Um, if, if, you, if you can hear from God, you should count that as a gift. You should count that as a gift because Jesus said there are people that have ears, but they hear not. And, and we hear from God on many ways. I don't want to scare someone who may, who may be new to the church or new to their faith and think that we believe that everyone needs to hear some kind of an audible voice or, or, you know, or anything like that. But hearing God is, is the interesting way that we phrase that. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we hear God many ways. We hear God many ways. We hear God with a, an internal knowing. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And so it's kind of hard to define for other people what it means to hear from God. But you can hear God through circumstance. You can hear God sometimes when, when God is trying to get something through to me and I'm slow about it. Sometimes I can be slow about it, especially if it's something I don't want to hear. I act like I don't hear it. Y'all going to leave me out here by myself? And uh, God said, I'd like to talk about this. And I'm like, I'll get back with you on that one. You ever tried to change the subject on God? God says, hey, I want to talk to you about this here. And he starts talking and you're like, yeah, what I'd really like to talk about today, Lord, is this. And, and God has a way, if I'm being a little bit slow like that or dodging something, it comes back to me three, four, five times from different sources until I get the point that we ain't going nowhere we have this conversation. Everybody, anybody know that feeling? But we hear God. We hear God through circumstance. You can hear God through the voice of your children. You can hear God through a song. You ever have God speak to you through a song? God can speak to you through a song and move you. God speaks to us through his word, of course. God speaks to us, hopefully, through fivefold ministry and pastors and teachers and friends. You ever get into anointed conversation? And an, an anointed? Not an annoying. I... I almost felt like I mixed that word up there for a minute. An anointed conversation that you weren't planning on. You just, you get, you get into a conversation with someone and then you become aware that God is kind of leading that conversation. Jesus said, when two or three of you gather, I'm in the midst. He becomes the other voice in the room. He becomes the other party in the room. One of the blessings of, of being a part of life groups is that you have, you have a great possibility for anointed conversations and the ability to hear God through somebody else's story. Have you ever heard someone tell their story, and when they were telling their story, you realized they were actually mirroring your story? And it's harder. Isn't it, am I the only person? I find it easier to hear God for other people than I do myself. 
I mean, I know what the scriptures say, but you know, like when sometimes people around you will say, you know, I'm going through this or this is happening. And what, what do you think about? It? Oh, it's just easy. Well, I feel like God is saying to you, do this. I, it's always easier to hear God for somebody else than it is yourself. So sometimes being a part of a friend's group or a life group or being a part of a local church, that sometimes uh, the very thing that, that someone else is saying, it's easier for you to hear. Anyway, however we hear from God, my point is, if you are a person of faith and you know that at times in your life God has spoken to you, whether through word, through music, through preaching, through friends, through circumstances, and you heard God for yourself, you should count that as a gift. You should count that as a gift. And um, then I like to say that if you can feel it, yeah, if you can feel it, you should count that as a gift because there are people who serve God out of principle, and well, you should, and it's one thing to serve God out of principle, but that's not the same thing as passion. I'm not talking about uncontrolled, unbridled passion. I'm not talking about being led by your feelings. I'm talking about the fact that, that, you, can, that you can feel it. And it doesn't matter how, how a person feels it. It's not, it's not a contest uh, amongst, you know, who's the most spiritual because people feel things differently and then people respond to how they feel differently, you know? Some people cry easily. Some people don't hardly ever cry, and when they do, you can't get them to stop because they, they, they didn't measure it out. It just all comes at one time. And some people have goosebumps, and some people feel it back here, and some people shudder, and some people shout, and some people jump, and some people, whatever. But, but I count it as a blessing in my life that I can feel it. You understand what I'm talking about? You ever wake up in the morning or go throughout your day, whatever your time schedule looks like, and you might just be w walking around and you just lift up a hand and say, God, but you felt it. It wasn't prayer time. It wasn't on your calendar. You just had an unction for a moment. Like, God, I just, you just felt that thank you come up. The fact that you can feel it. I was getting ready to move on in the service, and then I, I heard inside of my head, I worship you because of you. So I just wanted to sing it, and I was praying to God, thank God you knew what key I was in. I don't know how that happened, but fine, thank God you all found me. But I was going to sing it with or without you because I felt it. I want to thank God that if you can feel it, you may not feel it all the time, but if you can feel it sometime, you should count that as a gift. And if you hang out with us for a little while, we'll help you, I think, feel it, hear it, and believe it. I want to add something to it because of this series today, and I want to add to it that if you can see it, if you can see it, if you can see it. I, I like this because the sight that I'm talking about has nothing to do um, with natural vision. Because whether you can see well or not see at all, or whether you have odd prescriptions that that when, when other people pick up your glasses, they lose their balance. <laughs> um, and uh, when, when, whenever, I'm talking about the kind of sight that comes with being in the light. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about not being blinded, not being in darkness, but living in the true light. 
Because John tells us that Jesus is the light and the life that lights every person that comes into the world. In case nobody warns you before you got here and you're new, um, this is a Jesus church. Um, we're not ashamed of Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Come on, you're on the witness stand right now. And he is the life. And, um, and so that's, that's what we believe. We sing about Jesus. We preach about Jesus. We believe Jesus is the sacrifice for all mankind. And uh, so Jesus is the life that lights every person that comes into the world. The reason this is, is interesting out of John is because John, as I've told you before, is showing us a new created order. John's gospel starts like Genesis. John's gospel starts, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. The same was in the beginning with God. He, he does this because he's showing us a new created order. And the new created order means that just for a moment, we have to consider Genesis. Because this is, if, if we understand the Bible, we see that we're dealing with a book that has many opposites. To give us a picture. Please don't confuse an opposite with an equal. It is a book of opposites, but not equal. Because you can't know one thing if it's the only thing. The only way to know a thing is to have another thing so that you can compare the thing to the other thing. So God will give us opposites and then juxtapose them so that we understand. Examples are coming your way right here. God and the devil are opposites. They're not anywhere close to being equal. Sickness and healing are opposites, but they are not equal. Good and evil are opposites, but they are not equal. Light and darkness are opposites, but they are not equal. This is the meaning of the understanding that you have two things so that you can know one thing versus another thing. Because you can't appreciate light unless you've never been in it. You, you, you can't appreciate good unless you have evil to compare it to. You can't really know how good God is until you've experienced how bad the devil is. And once you have experienced one thing, it gives you another measure of appreciation for the other thing. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here have ever been in the position where I'm talking about you trying to find quarters under the couch to get to the, dry, to get to the laundry mat? That's what me and Kathy used to do when we first got married. We, 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 we didn't have washers and stuff like that. We go into the laundry mat. But see, I can find some quarters. I can find some quarters. Matter of fact, that man right there, you got to no. <laughs> I can find me some quarters. And so I would turn, I would go and turn the, the couch upside down. You know how you do? You go through the car, flip open every ashtray in the car, go up under the mats until you find them. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to tell you, I know, I, I know what that is. And somebody might even be there right now. But here's the point. If you've ever been there and you're not there today. You have a whole lot more praise today 
Because in the absence of one thing, it gives me the power to thank God for it once it shows up. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So isn't it interesting that in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth, earth without form and void. Let's do Genesis chapter 1, verse number 3, because then the Bible says this. It says that there was, a, and God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said it. Let there be light. And, um, and God saw that the light, that it was, say it out loud. It was good. The light was good. And watch this now. And God divided the light from the darkness. The word divided that we're using in this context that I'm talking to you about today is that God puts a division between two things so that you know that they are not the same thing at a different measure. The devil is not like God, only less. He's a different thing altogether. And every so often, if you feel under attack by the enemy, then you just got to remember he is a created being and anything God created, he can manage. He is not a little God. He is a different thing altogether. This is what the word divided means. That's, that's the reason that you have to know when, when, when we're dealing with blessing and cursing. We're not dealing with two sides of the same coin. We're dealing with something different altogether. Blessing overpowers cursing. It overpowers it. It's not a wrestling match. Any more than there's a wrestling match between God and the devil. The devil jumped up, boom, he was gone. Like lightning falling. It wasn't like a big thing. And blessing and cursing are not the same. As far as equal in power. Just walk with me. Light and dark are opposite. But God put a division between them. Because they are not equal. They're just opposite. You don't have any power... To somehow do something to throw darkness into this room. The only way for darkness to be in this room is to turn the lights off. You can't flip a switch and make a room dark. But you can go into a dark room. And flip a switch and put light into the room. And wherever there is light, darkness has to go. Is anybody hearing me now? See, when, when we talk about opposites but not equals and God puts a division, the division means that the two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Yeah. That means if God arises... His enemies are scattered because God and the devil don't occupy the same place. That where blessing is, cursing cannot be because blessing and cursing cannot occupy the same space. And where light is, darkness cannot be because the darkness does not have the power to overcome light. 
All right? All right. This is just my introduction. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done. So this, God said that the light was good. Good is better than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Blessing is stronger than cursing. And so to give us another picture of it, the children of Israel are up under a Pharaoh spirit for years. Over 400 years, the children, the children of Israel are up under a Pharaoh spirit. And um, the Pharaoh spirit is the spirit that works against your promise and your potential. It holds you. They went into Egypt as children of the promise. Potential to take a family that, of 70 people and to become a nation. Potential. Drop you into a land that flows with milk and honey. And a Pharaoh spirit rose up and enslaved them. Limited, come on, limited their mobility. When you're in bondage, you lose options. It's not just the physical pain. It's not just the physical constraint. It's what it does to your psychology. It's what it does to your self-esteem. It's what it does to your future. It's what it does to your children. It's what it does to your bloodline. It's what it does to your minds. Because someone has robbed you of your potential. Someone has robbed you of your promise. Someone has robbed you of your options. This is what the spirit of Pharaoh does. The story of Egyptian bondage is a true story. It is a historical story. It is fact, not fiction. But it is also an allegory and symbolism because you don't have to live in Egypt and be in the brickyard of Pharaoh to be held up under by the power of darkness that robs you of your potential and robs you of your promise and messes with your mind. I came here today to tell that spirit, let these people go. And this is... This is the mentality that, that it perpetrates upon people. And so, and so you know the story. I'm not supposed to be preaching this whole story today. But Moses came and told him, let the people go. And Pharaoh says, no. That's the Pharaoh spirit. I told you that before. A Pharaoh spirit is the one you say, this is what God said to me. And that spirit says, no. All progress is met by resistance. All progress is met by resistance. When you make up your mind, you're going further. You're going farther. You're going on. You're going upward. I'm going into a new season. I'm shaking something off. When you make up your mind, don't just think you're skipping all your way up over there because the moment you take that step, you're going to feel a pushback. And that's what's going to wake your faith up. And you're going to say, no, here we come. I'm coming anyhow. 2020 better get ready for me because I'm not coming in slow motion. I'm coming like the Ohio State Buckeyes, baby. I'm just saying. That was bad. I just lost half my members. But anyway, 
Anyway, you say, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You got to get your momentum up. You got to get your strength up. You got to get your reserve up. You got to get your attitude up. You got to get your praise to another level. Because you say, I'm coming up out of this thing because I got a Pharaoh spirit over me saying, I'm going to hold you in the same position. And let me tell you how those spirits talk to your mind. Next year, next year, year 2020, in December of 2020, that devil is telling you, I'm going to have you in the same spot that you're at right now. You ain't going to be no place. You ain't going to be no better. You ain't going to be no more blessed. You're going to be just as broke as you are now. You'll be just as mad as you are now. Your kids going to be just as mean as they are now. He, he, he's telling you he, right there. That's what that, that's what that spirit is. So you got to have something. You got to have a burning bush experience that says you say what you want to say, but I bet you I bet you, I bet you, I bet you. All the plagues start coming. Plague one, plague two, plague three, plague four, plague five, plague six, plague seven, plague eight, plague number nine. Reads like this out of Exodus 15. God told Moses, he said, um, stretch forth your hand to the heavens. And um, there, there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which can be felt. We, we ain't talking about midnight. He talks about this is a supernatural darkness which may be felt. Watch this next verse. And Moses stretched forth his hand towards the heavens, and there was a thick darkness in all of the land of Egypt for three days. And, um, and they saw, they couldn't even see one another. And nobody left their house for three days. But where the children of Israel lived, they had light. Because God divided the light from the dark and good from evil and blessing from cursing and the Pharaoh spirit from the God spirits. I want to tell you that the fact that you are walking in the light is the indication that Pharaoh has no power over you. The fact that you are walking in the light means the devil doesn't have any power over you. The fact that you are walking in the light means that your potential is intact. My promise is intact. My future is intact because I'm walking in the light. In the light. It's important that we understand that this is what this means. We're talking about walking in the light because these are the perennial questions that we say that every people through at all times have had. Who am I? Where did I come from? What am I capable of? And where am I going? That's why it's always interesting when you talk about the phrase darkness, because darkness means, darkness means ignorance, right? In the true sense of the word, not, not in a pejorative term, but just in the truest sense of the term, everybody has areas of ignorance, and when you don't know something, you're in the dark. You're in the dark. The, the, the absence of light means you lose your ability to perceive distinction. So when God comes to the earth and he sees that darkness is upon the face of the deep, God says we must have light. 
We must have light that the darkness cannot overcome because without it, there is no distinction. I don't have time to preach all this to you. I'm supposed to be done in about eight and a half minutes. And you know how much I obey the clock. It's, it's over me. And um, is it fair enough to say then that we live in a world that is under darkness? People have lost their ability to distinguish right and wrong. Lost their ability to dis- determine good and evil. Lost their ability to determine male and female. Lost their ability to determine God and the devil. And when you're in darkness, you feel enlightened by hanging out with the wrong people. Because it makes you feel deep or renaissance. Makes you feel like you're, you're progressive. Makes you feel like you're open-minded. Makes you feel something because all of your friends are non-believers. It might be interesting to find out why you're so uncomfortable around true believers and so comfortable around people. Oh, I got, oh, scripture, scripture. Let's go to Corinthians. Let's go to Corinthians. I'm so glad I had enough time to read this one. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion has light with darkness now all of us have friends who are non-believers and we should have but unequally yoked is an interesting term I have friends that I am not yoked with you don't get to pull me into a direction because if you were really my friend now comes the counseling part because I I know that that you wish I hadn't got here but to this part but but thank God I still have a little bit of time you would be amazed at spirits you are opening up the door for to come into your house when you start taking your counsel hanging out with vile, ungodly, perverted people, and you feel cool about it because it makes you look cool on Facebook or whatever that silly thing is that you're doing, and you think it makes you look cool and open-minded to do that, you'll be surprised because what it is is it's sliding into your house, and a few years from now, when it eats up all your family like a a growing tiger in the basement, you're going to be like, I don't know what happened because you're still calling God's name out because you've lost your ability because of the darkness that you're in to discern the difference of what is in front of you because you can't see because you're in darkness. And now closing, Isaiah chapter uh, 60 is interesting. I've always liked this one. This, it says, um, arise and shine for your light has come. Somebody say, my light has come. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Verse 2. Is that the only one I gave you? Well, there's another one right after that. It says, 
Let's go to see if you can find verse 2. It takes some second. Thank you. For behold, there we go. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Watch this. But the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. So that means we're, we're going to live in times of darkness where good is called evil and evil is called good and right is called wrong and wrong is called right and all of the different things. And it says gross darkness. In other words, this is not just a natural darkness. This is a supernatural darkness. This is not a climactic darkness. This is, this is a moral darkness. This, this is, and an, an, it's, it's not about eyesight. It's about faith. It's about, it's about understanding. That ain't God doing that. That's the devil doing that. That ain't the devil doing that. That's God doing that that people lose their ability to distinguish difference when they are in the dark so when God comes to the world he says that we're going to put a man here and we're going to bring order to it we have to put a divide between the land and the sea the light and the dark the birds and the fish the Adam and the Eve we got to put a difference so that they can discern these differences keep tracking with me Isaiah said there comes a time when darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness shall cover the people but the instruction to you is to arise and shine arise and shine because your light has come you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light so this is what the bible says this is what the bible says first peter uh, uh, chapter 2 and verse number 9 you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation that you should show forth the praises of him that show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Who's understanding what I'm telling you today? When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you come up out of the darkness, and now you start walking in light. That means that I can't be as fool, fooled as easily as I used to be fooled because I can see you now. I can't be deceived like I used to be deceived because I can see you now. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see what's happening all around me right now because God brought me out of darkness. I'm no longer, I'm no longer in a position where I don't understand truth. I'm no longer ignorant of, of what's going on. I'm no longer morally deprived of what's happening around me because I have come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Last verse, last verse. For you were, Ephesians 5, thank you, Ephesians 5, 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. I'm going to pray this prayer here today. So y'all didn't think I was going to be done. But I forgive you for trying to judge me like that. I forgive you. I want to, I want to pray this prayer because all throughout this month, I'm going, to, I'm going to drop this little seed in your heart and hope that it grows. And the seed goes like this. All throughout the Christmas season, wherever you see a light, you remember that Jesus is the true light. And that he lights every person who comes into the world. Proverbs says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. If you had a picture in your mind, 
you could see a big candle being Jesus, like the main candle. And every person that is born passes through that candle and is lit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And you come into the earth, you come into the earth with a light. And then the enemy tries to pull us into darkness. The pull, of dark, the pull towards darkness is real. I said the pull towards darkness is real. It pulls you and tries to pull you out of the light because the more into darkness you get, the harder it is to see what you should see. And so you have to intentionally realize that when he called you, I love this about it. He said he called you out of darkness. He didn't come in there after you. Because God cannot dwell in the dark. He's the father of lights. So he calls you out. He stands in the light and says, come on, over here. Walk toward the light. Walk to the light. Walk to the light. Walk to the light. If you don't know how to get out, walk to the light. If you don't know where to go, if you can't see nothing, listen to the voice and start walking out of darkness and into his light. And every light that you see is going to remind you that Jesus is the true light. And I came to tell someone that thinks that there are many ways to God and that God, does, God is not a God of requirement, that God is not a God that doesn't have the right to, to make differences between things and that God doesn't have the right to say things. You've created a total different God and it looks cool in the dark. And it's filled with philosophies of men. It's filled with pop culture talk. But Jesus is the true light. And to, he comes to people and everybody doesn't receive him. But to many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God. Somebody ought to say yes and amen right there. So I'm going to pray this prayer for you with you. I'm going to pray this prayer with you. Every person shortly after that, let's do because of who you are again. And this way, this time you get to pick the key. And, um, and um, we're going to um, then together, after our prayer, we're going to make it a point to give to God as we do through, through the representative authority of his church. The church is not God. The church is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. But here, men that die receive it. There, he receives it. Week by week, people who count, count it as a gift to be in faith, people who count it as a gift to be able to hear, people who count it as a gift to be able to feel it sometimes, and people who count it as a gift to be able to see what you couldn't see before you got into the light. Bring a kingdom portion into the house of God. We're, we're, we are not, we are not those who, um, <laughs> who run through the malls and fight over big screen TVs until they had to call police on you to spend money. We buy gifts for one another and things like that. But there's something that we remain that is sacred about God's portion that we give to him. First, I pray this prayer for you, all right? I pray over every person under the sound of my voice that the Spirit of God would illuminate you during this season in a brand new way. And that when you would see lights, wherever you may see them, 
that may the Spirit of God remind us that Jesus is the true light that came into the world and he shined into the darkness and the darkness could not extinguish him. And I pray over all of my brothers and sisters today that they will arise and shine for their light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon them. Just for a moment, just kind of sit there just for one moment because at the end of this service today, any person and every person under the sound of my voice that needs to come out of the darkness and into the light, we're going to have some people at this altar today praying with you. And um, most of the people around you have at some point in their life prayed the same prayer, maybe at a seat or at a pew or at an altar or in someone's living room. But the prayer is the same. The heart is the same. And that is walking out of darkness and into his light. And so we're going to make sure that someone is able to do that. Everybody just put your hand out in front of you right now. Because I want to I want, see if you can say this with a little bit of strength here today. Say, I am blessed, I am blessed. Not, cursed. not cursed. I serve God, I serve God. Not, the not the devil. I'm in the light, I'm in the light. Not, the not the darkness. I am a giver. I am a blesser. And God is blessing me. Hallelujah. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.